Welcome, everybody. This is Dave Walker with the B to SMB Institute, and this is actually a special edition of the Between Two Bs podcast. So it will be available uh, as a recorded session uh, on Spotify and Amazon and pretty much everywhere else in the world that you can get podcasts. Um, I wanted to wrap up to today the, the Forward 23 uh, event really with a conversation with some of our presenters who each had their own individual sessions really talking about uh, insights and data and research um, and points of view that they've developed over the course of the last three to six months. Um, so I encourage you to go see these sessions from these individuals, but also to invite them to come back together and to really, frankly, uh, talk amongst themselves about some of the key insights that they were delivering in their sessions and how they may fit or not fit with some of the um, with with the observations that others have made. So without further ado, I want to start by introducing Linda Reinhardt of Tarsi. Welcome, Linda. Hi, it's great to be here. Nice to meet everyone. Thank you for coming. Uh, and then uh, the contest king, Chuck Casto of Alignable. Jeez. <laughs> Happy to be here in any capacity. Happy to have you. Uh, and then uh, fan favorite, uh, just an incredible con contributor to the, the community, Stephanie Gorski of Accenture. Love being back and it's a pleasure to be with you all. Now, I'm not going to run through the paces of getting you to give us the 411 on you because I think everybody is probably already hit their LinkedIn connections and are looking at your profiles and what you do. But I do want to give you the opportunity to, in a very brief form, Linda, explain to me what Tarsi exactly does. So Tarsi is a continuous intelligence platform. We gather information about small and medium-sized businesses from all public sources. And then we analyze that data on a, a weekly, bi-weekly basis to indicate triggers that uh, identify what's going on with the business. So we build a, a, like a, a profile of what's going on with all the SMBs. And then that gives uh, indications of what their needs and where the opportunities are. Awesome. Chuck, how about Alignable? What does Alignable do? Well, Alignable now has uh, 7.9 million members. And we're really a platform for people to network with each other and get to know each other and figure out how they can help each other through all sorts of different ways, conversations, smart connects, all sorts of things. And so it is the largest network of small businesses in North America. And, and I, I, the, the rate of growth of Alignable, I think, is, is, is worth noting. Uh, you guys started humbly, what, four or five years ago? Well, um, it's, it's actually 10 it's it 10, doesn't feel like it. Yeah. The growth, the growth really picked up around five years ago, four and a half, five years ago. Yeah, it's it's, a, it's an incredible story. It really is. And Stephanie, I know everyone has heard of Accenture, but could you talk a little bit about what your team focuses on and some of the people you work for? Yeah, I was so ready for you to ask me what Accenture does. And then I'm like, how long do I have to actually answer that question? Um, so yeah, absolutely. So we as Accenture obviously support larger businesses. 
Um, and a lot of those large businesses or enterprise businesses are trying to engage with SMBs um, and really support mm-hmm. them holistically from their end-to-end business model addressing challenges. So me and my team have really built capabilities to make sure that these enterprise clients are listening to SMBs, engaging with SMBs, and scaling to meet SMB needs in the best way possible. Awesome. That's a, that is actually a very good answer. Um, now Thank explain you. what Accenture does. <laughs> Please don't. Please don't do that. <laughs> so let's start with you. I know you have to leave us at the top of the hour. Um, but I what I really kind of wanted to bang around with you guys was not to necessarily reiterate what you presented in your own presentations, but if really the gist of what we're trying to get across throughout the this 423 event is what's happening now with small business. And by now I really mean now. Um, and what is important for small businesses right now? And lastly, what do you see coming for small businesses? So it's a little bit of current, a little bit of, of valuation and a crystal ball look forward on what's going on. So Stephanie, let me just start with you on the one question. What are the big things you see going on right now for small business? Yeah, so I'm absolutely seeing, and I would love, I can't wait to hear everyone else's answers too, because I hope they are additive and build on each other. Um, I'm absolutely seeing, this is partly the change in enterprise too. I mentioned in my conversation with you that a lot of the enterprise companies that have been supporting small businesses for years are obviously going through massive changes, whether it be cost cutting or different pieces of really changing their operating model. And that's obviously affecting small businesses and where they get financial support, where they get some of their advisory pieces. However, it's not going away. Small businesses are still extremely important to these larger businesses too. So one, we're still seeing the continued focus and also resilience of small businesses throughout this time, Mm -hmm. which I'm loving, loving seeing. Um, However, there is a change going on of how do they financially support themselves? How do they think about what actually facing the new changes in technology? And how do they actually continue to be more efficient? So a lot of those guiding principles of what needs to be um, supporting them effectively with everything going on in the environment is really a critical piece of what we're seeing as being important for small businesses. Um, Great answer. I appreciate your succinctness. Um, And by the way, for, for everyone here, please feel free to ask questions as we kind of get these responses for each of the individual segments from each of our speakers. Um, And for those who are kind of uh, in our, in our audience, if you have a question for any particular speaker, please feel free to write it into the chat. Our moderator will feed it to me and then we will get that question answered. So please uh, feel free to actively participate. So Chuck building, I'm not sure if I should say building on, what what do you see as as is what's going on right now with small businesses? And you guys measure the pulse of small business with your road to recovery survey. But what are the big things that you see? Well, the big things I'm seeing, and it's similar to what we talked about before, is you know there was great optimism, better optimism than we've seen in years. Right in January, still held in February. Uh, The March report, which I am literally wrapping up today and tomorrow, and we'll send it out, out, is is definitely less optimistic. There's still some industries that are are holding steady with the Mm -hmm. optimism, but 
uh, we are starting to see the shift where, you know what, we're past the new year, we're past the excitement, we are into other issues like the banking issues. And mm -hmm. the interest rates, which have we've been tracking reactions to the interest rates all along. And uh, we just did, Dave, you don't even know this, we just did another poll uh, asking if people have moved their money based on the bank failures. And about 16% have over the last week or so, week and a half. And, uh, and they're going to credit unions, which is kind of interesting. So they're trying to keep it local, but they're going to credit unions. So finances are really highlighted right now for the small businesses taking mm -hmm. our polls literally today. So um, fascinating. Linda, from your perspective, what are you seeing right now amongst the small businesses that you survey? And do me a favor, just describe a little bit your methodology and how you, how Tarsi really collects and gathers information from small businesses. Right. So we gather the information about the small businesses and their life cycle um, using public data. So we get the information from uh, the websites, from regulatory sites, from news and reviews um, and what's going on in the industry and individual sites for things that are regulated. So I would say our views are more of a kind of a macro level of what's going on. And then we can measure the data of, of the you know, 33 million businesses that we have you know, in the U.S. and how those are changing from, from week to week, actually. So you know, what they're seeing, what obviously all this economic uncertainty is impacting the small businesses. So the, the, the costs of doing business are much higher, expensive with the inflation right. and um, you know, the fear of the, the recession and what's happened with the banking situation. Um, what we're seeing is that actually there's been a, a significant increase in franchising by the small businesses that they're actually looking at something when, when there's so much risk and uncertainty, if you're going to enter a new business, pick something that is, um, you know, tried and true, has got a customer base, you know, it's, it's already a proven business model. And, um, you know, it's maybe easier, even you get the support that you need uh, to run the business. Um, but overall, you know, over the past few months, there've been growth in things coming, you know, coming out of the pandemic, retail, you know, health, food and restaurants and manufacturing and construction. So, you know, some of that you would see probably slowing down as we get the, you know, the the impact of the of the recession, but also we have the aging population. So, you know, that the health growth is it not gonna change in a big way. Uh, Linda, let me give you the opportunity to ask either Chuck or Stephanie based on some of the things that they were talking about of what they see going on right now. Uh, do you have a question for either one of them that you'd kind of like to dig a little deeper into their insights? Yeah, yeah, thank you. I actually wondered, Stephanie, you know, you said that the enterprises are kind of restructuring how they're, uh, you know, how they're pursuing the markets. Do you think that part of the reason why they're restructuring is because of the, you know, the, the risk or, or the maybe potential that there are some small, medium-sized businesses uh, that aren't making it through this recession? I think it's less about actually survival because some in depending on what product or service or solution that they are, they're the turnover and the retention of the small businesses they engage um could be frequent. The piece that it's more uh, more looking at is a lot of these large enterprises haven't really optimized their operating model or their processes. One, and one of the things that Dave and I talked about, 
aren't really creating the experience for small businesses that small businesses want or make it unique to each different segment within small business. Uh, we've been fighting all of us forever to make sure that small businesses are treated differently than other businesses or big businesses. But also now it's difference based on industry, difference based on size, how long they've been in the market, what are their potential, um, what are they striving for? Are they striving to grow or just to survive? So we're starting to see enterprises really start thinking about that deeper segmentation model and then realizing they're not built efficiently or effectively to meet the experience needs, to grow effectively, and to also, quite frankly, survive themselves in that business unit for the long term. So a lot of it's actually future-proofing the organic growth that happened that we saw for small businesses also happened internally to big businesses during covid in these areas because small business was growing so fast. And um, now it's really more optimizing for it and making sure it's built for the long term. I think we're saying the same thing with the enterprises that there is such an opportunity with the small businesses, but they haven't gotten their systems organized to take advantage of it. And there hasn't been the data, which is kind of where we are and why, yeah. why we see such attraction, because there hasn't been good data. And if there's better data that they could put into their data lake and and prioritize it for who to target and how to target them and how to have the customized messaging based on what's going on. It makes a huge difference. They've been able to do that for quite a while when they're doing B2B for enterprise level, but when their targets SMBs, like what's the message going to be? Cause you have no idea what's going on there. Exactly. That voice of SMB is just so critical and everything. And you're spot on that. We haven't seen that permeate many of the larger business structures. Mm-hmm. It's one of my biggest statements this year. Yeah, yeah. And and I want to put a pin in something that you and I talked about, Stephanie, which was our enterprises, large brands who serve both Fortune 500 or Fortune 2000 and also serve small business. Um, are they retreating at all from small business? So just put, put a pin in that question. But Chuck, based on what um, Linda and Stephanie just said about kind of the enterprise response going on right now, those who sell to small businesses, are small businesses from the surveys that you do, do you see them noticing that the service is not really what they want it to be or the service has retreated from what they got during COVID or how are they kind of feeling about the brands that serve them? Well, that is a, that, that's a uh, $6 million question, but I, I will tell you, as I was listening to both of these young ladies talk about all of this, my worry, and you know, I mean, we're all in there for small businesses. You know, I list myself as a crusader for small businesses, <laughs> number one. And I look at our stats and we, and I haven't shared this with everybody yet, but um, we have asked over the last three years are you making as much monthly as you did before COVID? And we keep asking that question and only 33% say yes. So there, you know, the small businesses we're polling are all still haven't fully recovered from COVID, from inflation. And, you know, I've been worried about recession as long as they have for the last year at least, right? And so it's it's almost like I'm hearing this. I'm like enterprises don't don't go away, please. We you know we need mm-hmm. you. Um, so I believe there's going to be um, 
more demand. So maybe that's an opportunity for the enterprises to focus more on where they can help the most, right? Or mm -hmm. who they can help the most. You know, that's my plea mm -hmm. from my Main Street small businesses because, uh, you know, luckily they're helping each other. We're seeing a lot of that. But I think there's there's even more opportunity as this economy. I mean, you know, you know as well as I do, every week there's something else where we're like, uh oh, mm -hmm. what happened to the stock market? Oh, the banks. Oh, mm -hmm. the you just feel dominoes. And I mm -hmm. keep trying to hold some of the dominoes up, but what can you do? That's it's really outside of the control of the larger companies and the, you know, and the small businesses. But you know how do we how do we band together to say okay if you can't do everything enterprise companies can you at least do these three things right so I I just want to jump in here Chuck I love that you're saying that and it's something that I just want to amplify one hundred and ten percent not every enterprise company has to do everything the same for every small business. Right. So having a focus of what you're helping a small business with or what area and challenge you're addressing versus being the end to end really is beneficial and making it as easy as possible for a small business to engage with you. So you do not have to be excellent. And we, Dave and I talk about a lot, like community on the back end. But if you point them to another excellent enterprise company that has a fantastic community that they can engage with on top of it or an alignable and connect right. the dots, you can really have a really engaging platform or experience for an SMB. So it is really about picking and choosing. What am I going to be excellent in? What am I going to be known for? Right. And then what else am I going to depend on others for to make sure the right ecosystem or really system set up to help those SMBs in the best way possible. Very, very important point to say the least. So back to the pin question, this is a kind of a jump ball. Um, if, I mean, they're, at face value, at least, uh, the early stages, the first year, year and a half of the pandemic and, the, and, and, and inflation and supply chain, all the rest, which created a tremendous amount of hardship, unasked for hardship on small businesses, which in turn, created a lot of hardship for the particularly the large enterprises that served them that also had you know fortune 500 2000 kind of clientele as well do you see um and this is particularly appropriate for linda for you and stephanie but chuck feel free to jump in do you see amongst your clientele who are those big brands that are serving kind of the big and the small do you see them shrinking away from or being more cautious with or conservative in their approach to small businesses? I would say the opposite. Yeah. I mean, there is, there is, you know, when you, when the enterprise markets are saturated for the, and the enterprises, you know, their B2B business, they, they look to small business as the growth uh, engine for, um, you know, for, for growth at the enterprises. So, that small businesses, they want more and more information about what's going on with them and how to how to reach out and when to reach out. So when they, you know, when they're more and more of them are asking us for what's going on with the small businesses and how can you help us target the, our messaging to the right people, to the right SMBs in the right industries with the right need, you know, at the right time with the right message. And just like they would for larger enterprises. It's just that the information hasn't really been there until now. So now that they can look by industry and they can understand who needs what, when, 
And, you know, they can get a tailored message that gets through. Um, you know, they're all anxious to do that. I completely agree with Linda. We're seeing still, I mean, the conversation Linda just was hitting on was right touch at the right time is absolutely a conversation we're having both on the messaging and marketing comms, but also on the support lens. I would say the com- the number of conversations I'm having with enterprises has not changed. Like it might've even grown to Linda's point. The type of conversation we're having, everything that we've already said around focus and different is changing slightly of like how to get that done and how to make it work for the enterprise. I mentioned to you that it's becoming more of a mutually beneficial conversation of like, what are the enterprises gaining from that relationship as well as the SMBs are gaining? And how do we make sure that this is a mutually beneficial relationship going forward? So that's been a part of the conversation too. I would say the big surprise for me is companies that I would never have expected to support SMBs before I'm starting to see really engage and try to explore them has been another piece of like what, and the question I get is what role do we play or what role could we play in the SMBs journey, life cycle? How does that look? Um, And there's more openness to that. So I definitely think more interest. The other piece is we're also seeing for many of the enterprise clients I support, mid-market is still growing. Mm-hmm. Um, so the smaller definitely being impacted, um, by what's happening, but mid market, we're still seeing like, they have a really good foothold and where they're sitting in the market and what's actually happening today. So, um, I'm still seeing some growth for these enterprise players with SMB and no wonder they're wanting to double down in those areas. And if I can also add, Dave, one of the things that the enterprises really are concerned about is targeting the right companies so that they're here next year. So if you're going to spend the time, you know, the customer acquisition costs are really high. So you want to pick the ones that are going to still be here in two years. So there's a lot of interest in us providing information about whether they're growing or declining or, you know, stagnating or bringing on new products and services or what, you know, just what's going on with them so they can prioritize who they want to go after. And and I I see that a lot. Uh, We're actually having a speaker from NetSuite um, at our uh, Leaders Forum in May who's going to talk about their program to precisely identify, and it's mostly mid-market, who are not just the survivors, but who are the thrivers? Who are the ones who, through a variety of indicators that they're they're using, are demonstrating that they are either going to be in a position to invest heavily in an enterprise uh, management system, or they are growing into, or they're evolving into what they have currently, into something even larger. And I think that's just, that's just bloody smart. So I'm walking through one of the main vineyards at Chimney Rock Winery, which is our uh, destination for the 2023 Leaders Forum. And I I got a proposition to you on this beautiful morning. You should absolutely plan on coming to the fifth annual Leaders Forum in Napa for one purpose, and that's to make connections more connections, better connections, deeper connections. I mean, if history is any judge, you will meet, greet, find new friends, find new partners. It's an absolutely fabulous networking event. So our 2022 Leaders Forum in Napo has aged very well, not to do too many winery puns here, but we really saw many top-to-top partnerships and exchanges grew out of that two-day event last year. And every year, it seems like we get better. Um, Sure, we'll have major C-suite execs keynoting, but we're going to spend a lot more time fostering 
those intros and that dialogue and those collaborations between our 150 attendees. That'll be a big part of our agenda. Now, some of you may recall, guys, that our Leaders Forum sold out in 2022, so it's not too early to save your spot. After all this is our top-to-top -top networking and strategy exchange for you senior B to SMB execs. You're going to meet your peers. You're going to meet your future partners. You're going to see resources. You're going to meet mentors. Or how about it? Make some friends. Nice to have in this very lonely business of selling to small businesses. So link in the bio to our Leaders 4 and 23 event page. Tickets are there too. May 17th and 18th. That's a Wednesday, Thursday, so you can stay the weekend. Welcome to the Leaders Forum 23. Thank you all. So I want to take advantage of, of, of Stephanie's last few minutes with us um, to, I think you guys did a great job of actually talking about what's important um, in, in really this current state of SMBs. So Stephanie, starting with you, um, and, and to be a little more crisp than just say, stare into the crystal, crystal ball. Um, if, you, if you started with the phrase, the small business market space is booming because blank. Um, project that out to a year and say, you know, I think in a year, the reason why the small business market space is going to be booming is what? So we, I think there's obviously many reasons, but if I had to pick one, um, it kind of goes back to a little of our conversation around experimentation. Mm -hmm. So I run a lot of um, studies similar to both my lovely co panel colleagues, um, both on SMBs, but also on enterprises at the same time, because we want to hear about both as Accenture. And one of the things that we're seeing with SMBs is not only resilience, but continued experimentation of trying something new. There's still some clear, detailed experimentation. And I know we talked about this on the advertising side of the house that needs to happen for them to continue to evolve and innovate. But at the same time, really trying out new technology, new pieces of how they work, evolving and failing fast around experience, they're doing at a quicker speed than anyone else. And I'm, I'm very bullish about this piece because I do think SMBs can, can, and I talked about low code, no code last year, which was a big piece of making SMBs almost equal to some bigger players in the market. I think what's going on with AI will continue to do that. I think what's going on with also some of the focus of different pieces of technology that can break into different industries that SMBs are driving can do that. I also think what we saw with some great, huge amounts of layoffs lately with some specific industries, specifically tech, a lot of those people that were laid off are actually entrepreneurs at the core, if you looked at some of the data. So I'm really excited, actually, about what the next year has of continuing to disrupt and change the environment and how SMBs are going to be looked at as a major force of changing our economy, in my opinion, um, and what innovation is going to look like is my crystal ball view of things. Mm -hmm. And I think, again, the the really, there's it's not just a clever turn of phase experimenting with experimentation is actually a very, um, it's a profound purpose for development. It's like, get back in the laboratory, you know, exactly. really try to, you know, not just a bunch of A-B testing, but really get out there and try and understand what's working, you know, uh, go out and test those things that really are, frankly, maybe a little out there uh, yep. because you never know, they may be incredibly important. Right. Yeah. So the world's going to look different. 
we're going to let you go, Stephanie, because we know, we know that Accenture doesn't exactly give you an open schedule. No, <laughs> they don't. And I'm going to talk to someone about a, a client about SMB and push that agenda. So I'm very happy no to see you in this conversation. Awesome. I'm going to All right. Good well, to see you, Stephanie. Good to thanks, see everyone. To talk you. soon. Um, uh, guys, I want to, I want you guys to answer that, that, you know, really that same question. Um, small businesses are succeeding greatly because of blank. Um, Chuck, what say you? A year from now? Yeah. Is that okay? I want to build off of what Stephanie said, because I do believe there's such a demand for more innovation or new things they haven't tried, but they've sort of heard of, right? And across the board in all of the industries, anything that will help to make them more efficient that won't end up costing them more in the long run, right? Mm -hmm. that, you know, it'll pay for itself. And uh, so I see innovation if the enterprise companies can really focus on that for the different industries, and I mean some of the ones that might be tougher, like retail, okay, like the restaurants, you know, again, where they're more, you know, they're, they're very traditional, right? And uh, working with them, finding really easy solutions for them, because I do think right now, they're hungry for them. They want to get over this hump of, you know, recovery. And any way that innovation can play a role and make it easier for them, they're, they're hungry for it. And Linda, how about you? Well, I think part of the reason why they are, there, we are actually in the data seeing expanded products and services for a lot of SMBs. And I think, um, you know, we attribute it to uh, coming out of the pandemic, if somebody was doing just a single thing and that single thing got shut down or they have available, they were very resilient in terms of, you know, eating outside or doing uh, we had fine dining, picking up takeout service and uh, things that would, you know, keep them in business. Then they got all their digital operations. Now they're they're better equipped. Now they're better equipped to try new things, try new things quickly, maybe, you know, add on extensions to what they're doing because they've got kind of a more digital kind of environment. Right. Um, and then I think the other key point is there are, you know, is a lot of expansion of new businesses, but there's also a lot of downsizing going on. And um, Stephanie alluded to that earlier. There's a lot of growth in new businesses. There's a lot of people who, you know, reflect when they've been laid off and and think about you know starting their own business. And you, you see lots of new uh, new ideas and new businesses forming just because there's a lot of transition in the workforce. So um, I um, I want to in, invite actually a, a, one of our uh, audience members to to kind of join us live because I thought. She had an absolutely great question. Um, so, uh, Katie, would you like to kind of join us live? Are you are you presentable? Would you like to just come on via microphone to ask your question? 
yeah, hi. I've just got, you know, people and things in the background here. So, um, no worries. <laughs> you know, working from you're a real life. person then. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, my question was, you know, for the panel, um, I work in, you know, with a lot of small businesses, I'm a service provider, and just wanted to know are you seeing certain um, spend categories? Like what tends to be the first to get cut by a small business or cut the most in a period of downturn? Um, and alternatively, are there areas where small businesses tend to spend? more on even as a percentage you know in a downturn um yeah I was just curious to see what you're seeing in that space great question why don't you take it first Chuck because I imagine you guys look at it pretty closely yeah yeah we do uh what I the first thing and again you know that's a big question it's a great question but it's a big one uh the first thing I would see many of the businesses doing is um either refining their hours right where they're okay what are our busiest times now and let's make sure we have enough staff then and let's let's change our hours so that we can make the most of the time that we're open okay and then the flip side of it is wherever um they can go even more digital whether they can sell more online and really continue to ratchet that pivot up, they uh, that's one thing that I do believe they would spend more money on is uh, making their businesses or making the digital side of their businesses, some of those digital sides didn't exist prior to COVID and now they do, building those up and spending money on those that's that's where i see across the board um the spend uh, spending opportunity for them even if times get tougher so specifically on those uh categories of spending that really accelerated greatly during the the early stages of the pandemic and have continued to accelerate related to e-commerce or you know or or whatever do you right. see do the small businesses that you survey know what they don't know or know what they need to improve upon to really get the most out of their e-commerce capabilities and and know what they need to invest in are you seeing that well we we are actually seeing that in some of the webinars that we're offering and the attendance at the webinars that have to do with e-commerce that have to do with um text messaging and how to use text messaging more effectively to drive sales, different things like that. They're definitely, and in the comments, and you know, Dave, I'm all about the comments, right? No matter what, right. where those are coming from, people are really loving when they're enlightened by something that they just happen to see in a webinar. So that's where I'm saying that hunger for the extra knowledge is helping more of them to know what they don't know, or even more specifically, what they really haven't felt good even thinking about, right? Because right? there is fear, right? You know, we all fear change to some extent, but if through webinars or through other sorts of education, someone says, oh, wait a minute, that light goes off, it's like, that actually would be good for my business. I was so afraid to try it. Mm -hmm. Right? Right. So that's that's something that I definitely feel could be a 
a wonderful pivot that they're they want they want someone to be able to tell them whether it's the person working next door at another company another you know firm or it's someone from a you know an enterprise company or from a company dedicated especially to small businesses saying hey we found out what your pain points are now we're going to offer solutions um Suze Orman, you know, the personal finance guru used to say that the reason why people watched her show where she would basically, you know, eviscerate some poor couple, <laughs> they managed their finances was people had a real genuine curiosity about, hey, that couple looks just like us or is right. very similar. And the question is, can we afford that $15,000 vacation? I want to hear the answer because that's the answer that I would apply to, to myself. And, right. and I imagine small businesses are very much like that too. They want to see and hear what are other restaurants, right. even a specialization of a restaurant, what are other Italian pizzerias doing right now and how right. are they doing it? So, and honestly, that, that actually Dave, happens with all companies. I, I formerly true. worked with Informa and we did research on, all businesses and some of the best, most research that they engaged with was the research about their peers. So right. what are their peers? Um, what are their peers spending on? What, what are their peers mm -hmm. saying? What are their peers using? What, how are the peers justifying it? And they would compare themselves to, you know, the peers and am I doing, am I keeping up with others in my industry and are they doing it? If they are doing it, so should I. So Linda, you, um, I want I want you to address your peers right now in the business of small business space, really with what I would say metaphorically you guys provide is a a, a map of where the landmines are um, and where the challenges are to the in the small business category, what's changing, what's being what's more of a challenge, what's more of an opportunity. So if you had to advise basically this audience of B to SMB leaders, what are the two, three, or many as you like, what are the things that you would say, pay attention to this in the next six months? What, what would those be? I think some of the, you know, thinking about what they need, knowing the issues that they have. So if, um, you know, if they're still just dealing with uh, supplier issues, they're looking for, you know, how do they get around that? They're, they're not the big players. They don't get prioritization. So what do they do? They look for local partnerships or they look for you know new partners that are domestic that can supply them uh directly they look for operating capital if the if the uh if the situation's getting tight and how how easily can i get uh additional capital if if they're ha if they're struggling what are their needs um and so you know like with our data we try to we try to identify what's going on with the business and what their needs are so that the enterprises can understand what the needs are and you know and reach out with the right solution at the right time but i think some of them some of them are still struggling to you know get back to normal post pandemic um right. and others are just dealing with the the cost situation so if there's if there's solutions that can um you know reduce costs for them then th then that's a big benefit if there's other solutions that can generate additional opportunities for them then then that's a good benefit um, new products and services for a particular industry, um, that would be a benefit. So I think it's it's put yourself in their shoes, understand as much as you can about 
about them and what's going on in their, you know, individual business and in their market, and then try to find solutions that address their needs. Um, you know, knowing in, in manufacturing, for instance, they'd have a much, a much bigger issue with supply chain than, you know, they might in, um, you know, restaurants or something. Great answer. Chuck, how about you? What, what, are, what are the landmines that, or what are the opportunities, I should say, that you would really focus your well, fears on? Well, I'm, yeah, I have to agree with everything you were saying. Um, in particular, I wanted to bring up with the, the supply chain uh, and, and Dave, I didn't have the stat when we did the tape before, but I have it now. 56% of the repair shops that we have polled. And again, this poll now is a, almost at 4,000 small businesses. So it's a, it's a really good size. 56% couldn't pay their rent in March of the repair shops, often because they've got cars sitting there for three weeks, four weeks waiting for a part, or they had to work out a rental mm -hmm. arrangement or, and that has really um, picked up just when we were like, wait, okay, is the supply chain looking a little better? You know, January was look for us, it was looking a little better, but then all of a sudden you have these pockets and yes. So the supply chain is definitely something and also building on who are new customers we could go after that we haven't thought of before, or how can we change our products so that we attract a whole new group of customers or our services? You know, it's like, it, it's that pivot, it's pivoting upon pivots, right? And I definitely see several pivots coming up in technology uh, working around ongoing supply chain situations and uh, and even labor. I think mm -hmm. that's also going to be something where you're you're gonna have to get more creative with it for the companies that still want to hire and need to hire to keep their places open to bring in more revenue. Well, let's use both of those responses, which were terrific as kind of our wrap up. Um, for this special edition of the Between Two Bs podcast. I, I really thank you guys. Thank you, Linda. Thank you, Chuck. And thank you to our audience for, for coming. Uh, I think that, that as we really more and more start to have these kind of insights-driven dialogues, where especially providers like you, Chuck, Linda, Stephanie, can provide the fact-based roadmap of how to really think strategically and tactically just on the short horizon, you know, just on the, the, the three month, six month horizon, I, I think is going to be enormously helpful. And by the way, connecting the dots between, uh, yeah, our, our, our small business customers have less money to spend on hardware systems because they can't pay their rent. Um, right. So are, is this a temporary thing? Is this something that in some, can we help? Can we help with that in some way? Um, can we defer their payments so they're so they're not having to be, frankly, dragged down by uh, what are horrible macro conditions that that happen to be affecting them? So uh, again, thank you to you both, Linda. I want to come back on um, at some point with a, a between two Bs, specifically on your great topic during the event. Is how much do you know about SMBs? Oh um, right, right. Really 
gather some of our leaders and embarrass them horribly. Yes. You know, how much do you know about SMBs? Well, you really know a lot. Um, but I think that's a that's an important for us to be humble to what we don't know. And I appreciate you guys providing uh, so much of what we can know, what we should know. So thanks very much for coming and uh, hope to see you guys in Napa and uh, at our Leaders Forum. And again, terrific to be with you. Yeah, thanks for having us, Dave. Thanks so much, really. I learned a lot from Linda too and Stephanie. I mean, I I think we should have been talking a lot earlier and let's keep it up (laughs) somehow, right? (laughs) Exactly, exactly. All right, guys, thanks. All right. Take care, you guys. Thanks so much. Bye-bye. Bye.